This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wolfpacker Show. My name is Ethan McDowell, and I am joined, as I always am, by Noah Fleischman. And Noah, we have plenty to talk about today because what a game last night, NC State, with a resounding 39-20 to win over the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. It was rivalry day. It was a dominant showing by the pack. Just, um, you know, the past couple years had been thrilling finishes, coming down to the final seconds of the game. NC State established it very early in this one that they were going to leave no room for doubt against the Tar Heels. They came out, scored on their first eight offensive drives of the game, and just delivered just one of their most, maybe the most complete performance of their season so far this year. Um, we're going to break all of it down. We're going to talk about um, you know some standout performances, what this win means for the program, what it means for their bowl schedule. But before we do that, a quick housekeeping note. Um, we're both writers for the Wolfpacker.com. That's NC State site on that's in, the NC State site on 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 three.com. Go check it out for um, team news and analysis for um, you know men's and women's basketball and football during this crossover season and recruiting, which is getting heated up real quickly now. It's going to be a busy month ahead. Signing day is less than a month away at this point. And we're going to break it all down. We're going to talk through all of it, the latest transfer portal news, everything concerning NC State football recruiting in and out of the portal, all on thewolfpacker.com. It is only $1 to subscribe to our website for premium access to our message board and all of these scoops that will keep you the, make you the most informed Wolfpack fan in your friend group. All right, Noah, let's talk about it. We both thought NC State was going to win this game. I don't know if we thought they were going to absolutely run UNC out of Carter-Finley Stadium because that's what happened. That's what happened Saturday night. It, 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 I'll be honest, I thought it felt a little different when I got to the stadium. I, I thought there was just a buzz. It, it, was, it was intense. We showed, we showed up early for that game. We got there about three hours before kickoff, and it was just um, tailgate lots were packed. I went and sat there for the Walk of Champions, and um, – it was like usually that whole brick path leading up to the Murphy Center is like open and there's a solid showing of fans. Like they had security guards pushing people back from the path. It was um, people were fired up to be there. They were fired up to see their team. And um, I mean, it showed from the first snaps of the game that the team was just completely locked in. They channeled that energy into just um, you know the best execution I think we've seen from them, especially offensively so far this year. Um, Noah, what did you think about the win overall and what you saw from the Wolfpack? It was dominating. You know, the score is a 19-point win, which is a big win in, in a game like this, and it could have been a lot more of a win if the offense continued its role. Eventually, it was yeah. going to run out, but eight straight drives with points on the board, four field goals, four touchdowns. They didn't punt until almost the end of the third quarter. Cade Noonkester had a lot of time on the bench in the first half, um, but – Overall, I think it was a really good showing from NC State. Five wins in a row now. Um, you know, during the bye week, ESPN gave it a, you know, on their in their FPI football power index, 
gave NC State a 0.4% chance of winning out. They just did that. 0.4. That's coaching. That's 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 execution. That's everything. Um, and then Brennan Armstrong, I think, had his best game in an NC State uniform. 334 passing yards, three touchdowns. He only ran for 22 yards. And he's playing with, as Peyton Wilson put it, almost a broken rib. We don't know if it's broken. They didn't say. There's a good chance it might be because he was in some pain a couple times taking a hit. He toughed it out. NC State doesn't really have a true backup quarterback at the moment, and he knows that. Played his best game in an NC State uniform. Beats Carolina, and now NC State has a, it sits third in the conference. And I think if you ask me at Duke, after we watched them lose 24-3 to and, and the offense do nothing, if I thought that NC State was going to finish third in conference, I, I, I don't think I would have believed you. But five wins later, here we are. And State's 9-3 and three and waiting for a – they're going to get a big – probably a big bowl bid, which we'll talk about later. Um, but that'll be, that'll be fun for them and good way to, to end this season, you know, on a high note, and at least in the regular season. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you're looking at it and UNC came into this one averaging over 500 yards of total offense. They led the ACC in passing and rushing offense. Let's go through the numbers here. They had 384 yards. Um, you know, for most teams, that's still a lot of yardage. For UNC, that's well below their average NC State had 504 <laughs> I mean they, they were just executing at such a high level I mean, you mentioned Brennan's stat line I mean w- what a game for him um if if you had told me even going into the game okay he's only going to be able to run for um 22 yards I would have been like "Ooh, I don't know I don't know about that that would have made me a little nervous but um he was he he was just slinging it he was having just an awesome game through the air and I mean um Kevin Concepcion was a huge part of that um, career high, seven catches, 131 yards and two more touchdowns again. Um, Noah, you've pointed it out that um, it, it, Kevin Concepcion has never scored just one touchdown in a game. Uh, that was a fun find by you dirt while we were in the press box last night is he, he always scores multiple. So, um, you know, he, he just keeps going. His freshman all American season continues to build and um, great game by him. And then on the other side of the ball, they ha- they were going up against Drake May, who I think, you know, even the most Homer Wolfpack fan will admit, Drake May is a good quarterback. And um, NC State held him to 254 passing yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. It, NC State has done a great job frazzling some very good quarterbacks at Carter-Finley Stadium this year, whether that's Jack Plummer, whether that's Drake May, um, they can, whether it's Cade Klubnick, Tyler Van Dyke, all of those guys, NC State really kind of shut them down, forced them into really uncharacteristic and poor mistakes. And that's just a testament to this defense. It's a testament to the atmosphere at Carter-Finley Stadium. And it was just an all-around awesome showing by the Wolfpack there. Um, And then you've got to, of course, point to the rushing defense as well if you look at it. I mean, Drake May had nine carries for 106 yards, especially later in the game when it was a little more like prevent stuff. He was able to get some chunk yardage on the ground and did have that one long 56-yard scamper. But other than that, I mean, Amarian Hampton, nine carries for 28 yards. Noah, he's the ACC's leading rusher. It's it's the second time this year that they've shut down the ACC's leading rusher at that point. It's just um, it's it's hard to say enough about this team, and um, you know we'll get into some of the individual performances and give out our game balls in the second half of today's show. 
but just I mean, look at that. And, and you know, it's not like they weren't getting tested. It's not like the offense was putting together like super, super long sustained drives. But, but um, here's um, you know, the play chart for UNC's first um first five drives here: three plays, four plays, three, 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 nothing over two minutes. It the defense not only um, shut them down, it did so in quick order as well, kept the defense fresh. So when UNC went on that run in the second and third quarters where they scored three straight times, it didn't really like phase them. Like I, I, I never like felt like things really got tense in the rivalry game. No, would you agree with that? And they never, never really felt close, even when um, UNC started to go on that little scoring run. It didn't. I think, you know, when NC State opens up with eight straight, you know, scores, it, it doesn't feel like it ever got close. I mean, you're right. Carolina did. There was a second where you're like, maybe Carolina can try. If they get one more score, maybe it starts to feel tense. And then NC State got an interception, and it caused, you yeah. know, Payne Wilson did Payne Wilson things. And, you know, took the momentum out of the game. And, and that from that point on, I was like, all right, you know, this game's over. State's going to win. So that's a, that's a good thing to, to have. But, yeah, they did a great job at, at minimizing, you know, what? A guy who's could be the number one pick in the NFL draft. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. And um, now you're, you, if you go and look at it, uh, UNC finished the game five of twelve on third down. I believe they started some like some super low percentage, so they were getting off the field really well. Um, and the main thing I think that really stood out to me, especially in these rivalry games, like uh, anyone watching this podcast probably watched plenty of football yesterday and um, during Thanksgiving week, but. In these rivalry games, the the emotions get so heightened, it's easy to kind of um, lose your head at points and get a personal foul penalty and play through the whistle a little too much. And, you know, NC State, the, the intensity was there. Don't get me wrong. It, they, they were clearly motivated and excited to be playing this game, but they they committed zero personal foul penalties. It's just like it was it was a great showing. It was a great discipline showing by the pack. And um you know, Dave Dorn said it after the game. Not only did he want his team to play with emotion, um, controlled emotion, that is, keep, keep, stay composed. Um, he wanted NC State to play kind of on the edge that, you know, kind of beat UNC into its own personal fouls. And that worked. I mean, they had um, nine penalties for 99 yards, including a, uh, you know, a late hit on Casey on the sideline that was completely unnecessary. And then a roughing the passer penalty on um, Brennan Armstrong after one of the um, weirder plays we've seen in college football where, um, you know, Casey fumbled it out of bounds. And then, you know, that was all in the third quarter where it was just uh, that pretty much I felt like sealed it. It was, you know, in-state went down, scored again, and it was like, all right, that's probably it for this game. So just a uh, good overall performance for the pack, especially on, in a rivalry game. You know, you know hard, hard to say much more. And NC State went eight for eight in the red zone, only allowed one sack. It's just, you know, we can name stats for days, but it's hard to overstate just how impressive of a win this was for NC State. Noah, every week, as you know, we like to give out our key moment of the game, just a turning point where we thought the game really swung either in NC State or its opponent's favor. This um this game it, it's interesting. I'm, I'm excited to hear hear what you've picked for this one. It's an interesting game, and I'm gonna take NC State's first touchdown of the game. Go up thirteen nothing, 
It was a, a the 11-yard pass to KC. Um, I think that was the biggest one because NC State had driven down the field in his first two drives but couldn't get points. It, it, you know, first one, go six plays, 43 yards, field goal. Next one, they get a fumble, go 24 yards, field goal. Because, okay, like they need points because Drake May is going to be able to score a touchdown. Then they put together an 11-play, 83-yard drive that goes five minutes, 53 seconds, ending in a KC 11-yard touchdown reception from Brennan Armstrong. That's when I think this game turned because then you put together another touchdown drive after that, go up 20 to nothing. And it gets to 23 nothing before Carolina can score a touchdown. So I think that was the biggest thing. It made it a, a two-score two game. And then after that, they just kept the truck, kept the train rolling. And, and I think it, it really just – it's kind of like basketball. You're shooting. You can't make a, you know, a jump shot. You need a free throw. Well, the free throw was their field goals. They finally hit the jump shot. And then everything else started going in after that. Yeah. No, I think that's a good pick. Because, uh, you know, it felt like – Everything was going NC State's way on those first um, on those first drives. It was just there was also that looming thought of oh, this high powered UNC offense. You know they could answer those two field goals with a touchdown, and you know they'd be winning. Like it, the momentum could swing so fast. So once they got in, went up thirteen nothing. I agree. That's when it started to feel like oh, okay, this might only not only be a win, but it might be a blowout as well. Um, I'm picking uh, UNC's second offensive drive. Because um, Amarian Hampton had his best run of the game on first and 10, the first play from scrimmage that drive, rushed for 19 yards up to the 35. And it was, it looked like, okay, here, here we go. This, this, this UNC offense, we, we know what it is. And then, you know, Peyton Wilson and Savion Jackson stuff another run. Uh, Jalen Scott records a quarterback hurry. There's a false start. And then um, Drake May scrambles but then takes a big old hit from Devin Boykin and Peyton Wilson, I believe was in there as well, forcing a fumble that um, Jalen Scott recovered. So a lot of seniors making plays on that drive on senior day, which was always cool to see. Um, and, you know, it, it set the tone. It, it, I'm sure it set the tone for um, Drake May as well. He knew that he was going to be able to pick up some yards with, when he scrambled, but he's going to take a big hit when he did. Um, they sent a message with that play. And um, like, like I said earlier, I, I think they kept him off of his rhythm. It's not easy to throw that guy off of his rhythm. I think very highly of Drake as a quarterback, but um, he quite frankly missed a lot of throws. And I think that a lot of that was because of um, how much pressure NC State was getting. I think they got into his head a little bit. I, I like, like NC State's defense has done all year. I think they got into Drake May's head. That early in the game, I think it started with that forced fumble, and um, uh, that really set the tone for this contest. And I'm sure um, Devin Boykin and Peyton Wilson enjoyed the chance to get to hit hit the quarterback there. All right, well, we're going to dive into you know our game balls and everything, and talk about our players of the game, some bowl talk, maybe some senior day talk in there too. But um, before we do so, I want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, GameTime. GameTime is a ticket buying and selling marketplace. Um, whether you're looking for concerts, um, you know, I, I can't use the UNC game as an example like I have any all season. But um, if you're looking for basketball games, hurricane tickets, literally whatever you want, bowl tickets, you can find it all on GameTime. I, I have an issue where I... I always wait to the last minute to buy tickets. No, it's a, it's a problem. I usually end up having to pay more than I want to for those tickets because of it. 
Um, game time takes some of the hassle out of that. They have tickets right until the last minute. And um, when you go on their app or, um, you know, check out their website, you can see the exact view from, um, from your seat. So you can see exactly where you'd be sitting, um, the price. They give you the best deal at the top of the app and then the cheapest ticket. So whatever you're looking for, game time has it. If you go check it out, use code WOLFPACK. That's all caps WOLFPACK. When you check out, you'll get $20 off. So it's a great deal. Go check it out. It's game time on any app store or gametime.co on your web browser. It's not .com. That's .co. All right, Noah, before we give out game balls, I want to talk senior day a little bit because, um, you know, there was 13 players that walked during senior day that um, will not be able to return. They're, they're out of eligibility. But there's also a um, quite a few players who decided to walk that, you know, could come back, could go to the NFL draft, could just decide, you know, I'm done with college football. Um I'm looking through the list here right now, and you have, you know, the guys who ex- exhausted their eligibility, like Savion Jackson, Peyton Wilson, um, guys like that. Uh, but then you get into the lower list, and it's, it's I think the biggest surprise for me, Noah, I, I don't I don't know if you'll agree, is um Devin Boykin. I I, I he's a he's a true junior, I believe. This is is his fourth year because of the pandemic. But um he decided to walk. Um, you know, he's been huge for the pack. The past um the past few weeks, ever since he's gotten health fully healthy, I think he's been um you know one of the better safeties in the ACC. Obviously, had an interception and a forced fumble against UNC. Um, it's just um you know it's guys you know, like you know Anthony Belton, Shaheem Battle, you know Aiden White, Timothy McKay, guys who could all come back. Where you know if they don't, it's going to be a lot of um a lot of roles to fill for next year's Wolfpack team. But, um, you know, if, if they do come back, I mean, I think it says something about the team that you have so many guys that feel like, you know, they might want to test the uh, NFL draft waters at the end of this year because there is a lot of talent. And, you know, just a lot of guys um, walking during senior day that, um, you know, I won't, don't want to say unexpected, but it was just um, it was just interesting to see the full list. Um, no, are there any names that when you went through it that caught your eye? that um you know you wanted to point out from the senior day list i think it was mostly you know pretty straightforward when you think about the guys that still have eligibility left um for the most part um you know like aiden white shine battle guys that are going to probably see what the nfl has to offer and then they might say you know what take one more year come back and try again um i think you know delbert mims walking is interesting he's got a year left um we'll see what happens there you know i think dave Dorn said he wanted to give the opportunity to anybody yeah. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, giving them a chance to have that moment, you know, in, in the stadium. And, and he talked about it on his radio show this week on how he doesn't remember a lot of the games from college football when he was playing, but he does remember his senior day every single second of it. And so he wanted to make it special for whoever wanted to walk. And, and these guys have degrees and, and things like that. So, you know, they deserve to have the opportunity. Um, so I think that was good, you know, and I think that in another moment, you know, Brennan Armstrong, last time he had a big, the crowd, all of its eyes on him inside Carter Finley Stadium. You know, he got booed on the field. He comes out during senior day, gets a big cheer, and then goes out and has the best game in NC State uniform. So I thought that was, you know, pretty cool. And, and Dave Dorn wanted, I think, the crowd to, to be behind Brennan. They were. The team's been behind him, and, and it's helped 
you know, especially in these last three games. Yeah, absolutely. It was a cool ceremony for sure. Just to see um, so many players with their families getting recognized for um, everything they've done with the Wolfpack. And, um, you know, speaking of some of those guys, um, let, let's give out some game balls, Noah. Um, every week we like to recognize just a couple players of the game, guys who stood out on the field. Um, Noah, who would you like to give out your first game ball to? I'm going to go with the easy route here. We're going to go Brennan Armstrong, you know, playing with, you know, injury, not feeling 100%, when grimacing at times during the game, comes out first for 300 yards, his most passing yards in the game in almost two years to the day. It would be tomorrow when he, the two-year anniversary of his 400 yards against Virginia Tech in 2021 um, in his illustrious, you know, 2021 season where he threw for, you know, over 4,000 yards in one year. He looked pretty close to it last night with 334 yards. No, again, third game in a row, no interception for him, which I think is a big growing point. People might not, like, look at it on the paper and be like, great, no interceptions. But he had six at the beginning of the year. He's he's settled in as a quarterback. He's not forcing anything. He's giving the ball to harm's way, and it's paying off. So I think he deserves it, not only for his performance against the Tar Heels, but I think his performance for these last three weeks and, and what he's been able to do. Absolutely. Um, my first one I'm going to give out is, is to Devin Boykin. I mentioned him a few minutes ago, but um, I, I really do think he's just been playing at a super, super high level, kind of anchoring the back of that defense. He's such a smart player. Like so many of his like turnovers and um, key tackles, it's just him like anticipating the play, getting right into the right spot exactly when he needs to be there. He is, I think, an underrated part of this defense who has just been um, – Really, really awesome so far this year. He had six tackles and then, of course, the uh, interception and the forced fumble as well. But um, I, you know, he's one of the quarterbacks of that defense. He's um, helping pull together this secondary. He's part of the reason why the secondary has made such a huge improvement as the season has gone on and to um, the point where they're playing at such an elite level right now. So I just wanted to recognize him um, on his senior day as well. Uh, yeah, if, if he comes back next year, I think he's someone that could have a uh, all-ACC type of year. I think he's that good. Uh, Noah, who else do, would you like to recognize, honor, for the second-to-last time of this football season? Both off the beaten path on this one and give it to a guy on his senior day, Keon Lassane. Five catches, 66 yards, one of 21 He's a guy who at the beginning of the year had some struggles with drops here and there, and it wasn't going well. But he made a lot of impressive catches against North Carolina, and, and it worked out. Five catches, second most of the team. This just comes a game after, you know, nobody had more than two other than Kevin Concepcion. He comes out with five, Casey to seven. He really looked like a true number two receiver against the Tar Heels, which NC State hasn't had basically the entire year. But it was a good day to, to have it with him, and he stepped up to the plate. Yeah, it's it's a good pick. And I mean, he's been the leader of that room all year, right? He's um I'm I'm sure Casey would tell you that he's probably a big reason why Casey's having that much success just cuz he Keon's such a, is he's someone that's been playing, you know, he's played since he arrived on campus. He he has the experience of, you know, he can relate to pretty much anyone in that receiver room. So, it, he he's a huge leadership presence around this team and um it was cool to see him, you know, get stuff going and uh, show off that connection with Brennan throughout the game against the Tar Heels. Um, my last game ball, I'm going to give it out to um, the offensive line, just in totality. I thought, you know, there's a lot of stars 
on UNC's defensive line. A lot of, um, you know, highly recruited players. And NC State bullied them Saturday night. NC State was blowing them off the ball, creating massive holes, getting a tremendous push. There were plays where um, the running back wouldn't necessarily, you know, get past the, uh, you know, reset line of scrimmage. Um, But it would still be like a four or five yard gain because the defense was pushing back or the offensive line was pushing back UNC's defensive line so far. So, you know, just really, really impressive day for them. I think that's another unit where it's just been steady improvement as the year has gone on. And, uh, you know, they, they gave up, you know, one sack. I believe that was in the fourth quarter. And then, um, you know, six tackles for loss. It's about like average, I'd say, for this season. But um, when you're dropping back as much as you are and, you know, taking the air out of the ball a little bit in the second half, that I'd say that's a pretty good number. Very good performance by the offensive line um, to step up and um, keep Brendan Armstrong, you know, clean in the pocket and a game where he was obviously hurting some as well. So hats off to them. Hats off to that unit. And um, it's also worth noting that three of those starters or did walk during senior day as well. Um, Timothy McKay, Anthony Bowen, and Dylan McMahon. All right. <clears throat> well, let's talk bowl, Noah. Let, let's talk about a bowl game. NC State is 9-3, and three, solidly third place in the ACC right now. Um, due to the loss to Louisville, they will not obviously be going to the ACC championship game. But you're in a position where if Florida State goes to the playoff, then there are some very good bowl games on the table for NC State against some very good opponents. Um, what we're going to do here is kind of give out our favorite pick for a bowl game here, what, where we'd like to see NC State go bowling. Um, and, you know, just to give you like a little bit of a preview, we've seen uh, bowl predictions have been ev- everywhere from New York to El Paso to San Diego to Orlando just all over the, the country so far over the past few weeks as NC State has continued to win games. Their bowl profile continues to rise, obviously. Um, so, Noah, of all of the um, you know, outlet connections, predictions you've seen online, ones you've made yourself, where would you like to see NC State go bowling this year? I'm going to take the fun bowl, and by the fun bowl – I think the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Pop-Tarts Bowl, it's in Orlando, formerly the Cheez-It Bowl. Um, you know, I don't think you can go wrong with Pop-Tarts, you know, as a breakfast item. And I don't think you can go wrong with a Pop-Tart Bowl. It's Orlando. It's a warm place. Maybe there'll be some Pop-Tarts everywhere. I mean, one can dream, right? I mean, I think that'll be fun. But no, in reality, I think the Pop-Tarts Bowl is a really, you know, good pick um, for NC State. We'll see how it shakes out because if, Really depends if Florida State makes the CFP or not. Pop Tarts Bowl becomes a lot more likely, I think, if Florida State doesn't make the CFP. Mm-hmm. If it does make the CFP, then there's a couple other bowls I think they could fall into. But um, the Pop Tarts Bowl in Orlando, I think it'll be a fun time. Uh, it's you know at the end of December. It's gonna be a warm. A warm bowl is always I think a good spot when you're when you're playing well. You know, but a warm bowl, I think that that most teams will take it. Um, I definitely think you know the Pinstripe Bowl and the Fenway Bowl and the Military Bowl. I think are out of the equation. At this yeah. point, you know, as NC State finishes third in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I I think I'd probably go ahead and scratch out the Mayo Bowl too, especially since they went last year. I think there will be 
headed to a different bowl destination. Florida seems like the most likely spot, but um, Noah, let me paint you a picture. Two years ago, 2021, NC State has nine wins. They receive a bid to play in the Holiday Bowl in San Diego, California, before UCLA backs out. They cancel at the last minute because of COVID concerns, and um, NC State does not get the chance to get an elusive 10th win, which is a game that I'm sure still sticks in um, Dave Dorn's mind about what could have been because I, there was a lot of confidence around the program going into that game. They thought they were going to um, beat UCLA pretty handily in that game. It's time to go back. It is time once again with NC State with a shot for 10 wins. It is time to go back to San Diego for the Holiday Bowl, You know, playing in the baseball stadium down there and um, have another exciting bowl game against an exciting Pac-12 opponent. Um, it could be anyone from Oregon State, maybe even Oregon, depending on how um, you know their conference championship goes. Um, so it, it'll be a good bowl, and um, I'm keeping an eye on it. I think that would be a big stage for um, the Wolfpack too. That's usually a prime time game, a pretty fun, um, a fun one. And I'm sure for everyone that um, every player that experienced that first that first Holiday Bowl in 2021. I'm sure they, they'd love to go back and have a second chance at making program history as well. All right, Noah, for about the past month and a half, we've been wrapping up the show with just a general um, check-in on how we're feeling about the program, how we're feeling about this season. And, uh, well, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling pretty good about it. <laughs> I think um, NC State's playing some dang good football. I expect for them to climb into the top 20 of the CFP poll this week. But, Noah, let, let's just get a, a little vibe check from you before we sign off here. Um, how are you feeling about NC State's 2023 football season? I think, you know, you can call it the regular season. I think you can call it a successful year. Nine and three, five-game winning streak. Obviously, people had high expectations for this team coming to the year. Didn't start off the greatest at four and three, but, man, they finished, you know, I think playing to the, you know, that level that people had think they that thought they could do at the beginning of the season especially on offense. Um, so I think that that's happening. But they rise. They could rise this week in the CFP poll, which I think is likely. And we're talking about bowls. There is an outside chance for a New Year's Six appearance in the Orange Bowl if Florida State makes a CFP and if Louisville falls past NC State over the next two weeks in the CFP rankings, which is possible. I mean, it is possible. Louisville was 10 They'll probably fall into the mid-teens. NC State's going to rise probably into the teens after this win over Carolina. They're going to be close, and we'll see which one happens. But I'm not going to hold my breath. But I think a trip to Miami, that would be fun too. It's on the table, man. It's going to be interesting to see how the rankings shake up. Keep an eye on that. Um, before we sign off, just want to plug the Wolfpacker.com one more time. I mean, right now it's on. it's half off the annual subscription for today and today only. And then we have another sale coming up, so keep an eye on that because silly season is here. Coaching carousel, the portal, signing day. It's um the season might be starting to wind down, but um the off season is going to be just as interesting for the Wolfpack. Um, and we're already um putting out some scoops, some intel on the Wolfpacker.com message board. So go check it out. It's only one dollar for your first month or half off for your first year. All right. Thank you all for watching and listening, and thank you all for following along all regular season. Um, we're not done yet. We'll um, 
will be you know on your YouTube, on your podcast feeds often over the next month, recapping the big news from um, silly season and, and the bowl game. But um, thanks again, and um, enjoy the rest of your weekend. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.